Welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Pod Special Edition Trade Deadline episode with my pal, pal Phil. How are you doing, my friend Phil? Oh, we're living. The Rockets are on fire, but we're living. How are you doing? I am doing quite well, and we are here to give you guys all of the best analysis from a relatively busy trade season. It started out slow, but... Yeah, there was some definite cause for concern, but pick that up. La- that last day, there was a barrage of moves, some interesting ones, and I think some pretty, um, pretty important deals that I think will yeah. actually be... Uh, not for this se- yeah, and not only for this season, but I think are going to affect the, the league for years to come. You you mean some that are long term more yeah. aspiration? Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Let's. Uh, I want to start out with, I think, the biggest deal of the deadline. The deal with, I think, the most long term ramification, and that is the T Wolves and the Warriors. <clears throat> D'Angelo Russell, we knew that the Warriors were shopping him. The market seemed to be a little drier than I think they would have liked. And mm. I think they ended up taking advantage of a Minnesota team that is just desperately trying to do something to make Carl Town stop pouting in the corner. Yeah, because realistically, him. right before right before all this went down, the Knicks were just lining themselves up for a Carl Anthony Towns interview or just a meet and greet where he could just be like, Tell the Timberwolves I want out because that's what I was thinking as soon as they signed Leon Rose. I was like, oh, all right. So yeah, that was yeah. That's another interesting wrinkle to this whole trade mm-hmm. season. A lot of things happened around the league, but let's let, let's zone in on this trade for a second. Right. So the the trade, just in terms of what actually happened, Minnesota Timberwolves receive D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, and Amari Spellman. The Warriors get Andrew Wiggins, who I think was kind of an afterthought in this whole trade discussion. But they get Andrew Wiggins, former first overall pick. They get a 2021 second round pick, and they also get a 2020 round, 2021 protected first round. And this is protected top three. Right. But but if the if it, it does fall in the top three, they get 2022 I, unprotected, right? Yes. Yes. So that's a valuable pick for sure. Yeah. No, that was that was a surprise. I was like, wow, they're really just. They're going for it because realistically, well, <clears throat> in my opinion, I mean, how how much of a needle pusher is D'Angelo Russell and Cat together? Yeah, so that's what I want to get into next. So first, Phil, do you think either team got the better end of this deal? Do you think this is a good trade for either team? Is it a win-win? Is it a lose-lose? What, how do you think this affects both squads? Honestly, I would probably have to go with – I mean, the negatives and the positives really outweigh each other when it's like the Timberwolves got this, but the Warriors lost that, but the Warriors got that, and Timberwolves lost this. Because realistically, I just think it was like a lateral move. Because mm-hmm. the Warriors still have the same thing they had before, which is like a young, less coveted by a very far circumstance, but high contract, tradable asset at some point down in the future. Mm-hmm. And the Timberwolves got a, the better, flashier end of – kind of what fit into their puzzle instead of Andrew Wiggins, which is like a poor shot-making, poor playmaking like forward. They got a better version of that, just a point guard that's able to score and produce and is on that kind of time time plan with a cat. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I don't – lateral is an interesting way to put it. I think it could be that. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty high risk for both teams, actually. Oh, you know, I agree. I think Minnesota – 
they mortgaged a good amount of their future. Not just with Andrew Wiggins, but that pick is big. It's a big pick. It is. And I think that's really what sold the Warriors on doing, on doing this deal. It also showed how uncoveted Andrew Wiggins is, which I think we understand why. He hasn't had a good NBA career so far, and his contract is a current albatross. But the Warriors see something in him. I think he is a better fit in terms of upside opposed to D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, you kind of know what you're getting with Russell. I think Wiggins can, yeah. is still figuring it out. If they can unlock something in Wiggins, then awesome. If yeah. he continues to bust, not awesome, and they have a terrible contract. And that's really what it's going to come down to. It's a good pick to have, and that's honestly another trade chip because the Warriors yeah. have a lot of trade chips now between their first round pick this year and, and they have the this. disposable salary cap to get rid of it now because if you need to further down the road in like a Giannis Antetokounmpo free agency where he's like, okay, I'll go to the Warriors. I don't think this is going to happen. But I've heard, like I've read like things where it's like, this is what their plan is. If Giannis wants to sign there, but they won't let him, they can do a sign and trade and Wiggins would fit that contract cash wise. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. Hopefully it doesn't, but that's their plan. Maybe. Yeah. So from a golden state standpoint, in terms of making their basketball team better, I don't think it did that that much, which yeah. is interesting because when people when people first saw that D'Angelo Russell was coming to the Warriors back in the summer, they immediately thought this is a guy that can flip in a windmill move. And yeah, they were talking about getting Rocco, but they got it, Wiggy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a windmill move because they I obviously want to integrate Wiggins into the team and make him a productive player. But I think that pick is really what sold this deal, and now they have a they have a pretty nice bevy of assets yeah in terms of minnesota they really fell in love with d'angelo russell here and i don't think they fell in love with d'angelo russell as much as they love cat and want to keep him yeah that's fair i think that d'angelo russell is becoming he's becoming kind of a polarizing figure in the league and i think there's a disconnect between the way that casual i'm not saying you're casual in terms of fans who don't watch the league but in terms of just regular fans mm-hmm. how they view D'Angelo Russell and how he's kind of viewed in the league because he's kind of a weird niche player honestly he's not the electrifying explosive scorer that some of these superstar point guards are now like a Damian Lillard or mm-hmm. obviously in the mold of like Kyrie Irving Russell Westbrook and his upside I I don't think people even though just the way he plays he's not viewed the same way that a John Morant would be, or obviously Luca, He's kind of a little bit of a tier below. He's still young, obviously, but he right, plays... he's a, 22. Yeah, but he plays a weird game where you don't know where it's going to go. He's not explosive. He doesn't get to the foul line. He's a great jump shooter, and I think he's a pretty skilled passer. Defensively, he's terrible. Yep. And, Even for a big guard, he's 6'5". Oh, he's, yeah, he, he's a he's He a should terrible, be able to cover mm-hmm. that, yeah. He's a terrible defender. I guess it just knocks up to his like athleticism. I guess he doesn't have it laterally, vertically, or what? Yeah, have he you? he's not overwhelming athlete. He has good size. He has good length. <clears throat> he's offensively very skilled, but he's not made in the the mold of some of these new age point guards. The ilk. Yeah, and we know Towns can't defend either. So yeah. you're you're pretty much locking yourself into a bottom 10 defense for the next four years. And you got in and you let go of your defensive anger, Gorguitang. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do now? They don't have their, their supporting cast is pretty much non-existent. 
Yeah, who you... they got? Jared Cole. They just, they got Malik Beasley. I give him that much. They did get Malik Beasley, who you'd be a good tertiary in the right role, or if the Grizzlies know how to utilize him best. But they're they're, they're feeling the effects of just not drafting well, and yes. also making kind of ill-advised trades and doing things that aren't exactly helping your team. Um, the Jimmy Butler thing was kind of a disaster. Looking back, mm-hmm. honestly, they, yeah, they kind of they sold the farm on that one. And when it happened, you weren't really judging what the Timberwolves were doing, but it really just turned to shit. They trade for Jimmy Butler. They give up assets. Who I'm not saying these players are superstars, but players that I'm sure they'd love to have on their team right now in terms of developing guys that would also fit their timeline right now. And they trade Jimmy Butler again, get Covington, who is now gone. They don't have a supporting cast. I, I, I think if you ask most casual NBA fans, can you name three players on the team besides Towns and James Russell, they'd probably struggle. That's a fair point. Um, <laughs> so, can I ask you, if you were the GM, Scott Layden, and you knew like this was right before you got the offer, and you know that if you don't take it, realistically, Cat's probably going somewhere else. He's going to ask for a trade. Would you just think, should I do this trade or would I blow it up? I would I would do the trade. You'd still roll with it? Because yeah, honestly, it seems like they're kind of just a long-winded way of just, they're not going to go anywhere. Things are just going to get worse, and eventually one or both of them is going to want out. I just think it's so, they've been so bad in the draft, and it's a it's a market that is already not exactly bustling in terms of their basketball team. Right. To just sell your fans on we're giving up on this 23-year-old star, which is what Cat is. He has his faults, and but he is a star, and he's yeah. extremely talented, and he's young. I, I think it's really important for the, especially these small market teams to hold on to their stars. Pish posh. The NBA is rigged. They'll just give all the small market teams in the first pick until they hit one. And if, if you draft like if you draft like the T Wolves, you're there's, <clears throat> you're no, still there's no guarantee you'll ever hit one. So they finally get a guy who's you get the first pick and they'll take Tyrese Halliburton. You never know. You never know. But it's an interesting deal. I think it's a deal that it could it could be terrible for both teams. It could be good for both teams. It's gonna be interesting what the Warriors do with these picks that they now have. I don't think anybody really expected D'Angelo Russell to. The trade for Andrew Wiggins, one of those rare Max or Max kind of deals. Yeah, it was like a joke on social media. They're like, ha, 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 the Warriors <laughs> got to want – if they want to get rid of Russell, they're going to have to take Wiggins. It's like, how they won't do that. Yeah, very interesting. And it, it's also interesting that we're not going to be able to see this Warriors team until next year. It's such a weird season for the Warriors. Very bizarre. Yeah, they're, they're trying to do the Duncan draft. I don't know if you watched any of their game last night. That, because their roster is pretty much depleted. They've given up – they gave up Alec Burks in the trade to – Philly, uh, Glenn Robinson was also gone in that deal. Yeah, they're calling it quits. Amari Spellman's what? gone now. Jacob Evans. Last night, they I think they had to call people up and just say, hey, we have a game tonight. You want to show up? <laughs> Je- Jeremy Pargo was playing last night. Jeremy Pargo? Yeah, Jeremy Pargo. I think it was his first. They saw his piano. I'm pretty sure it was his first NBA game since 2013. Oh, my. They were doing crazy stuff last night. And only the Lakers had a good game, actually. Yeah, he played well. And we lost by five to the Lakers. It's a win. Yeah. But. Weird times for the Warriors, and we're not going to see this fully develop until next year. Yeah, but, I don't think the weird times will last. It'll be yeah be over and done with soon. I trust Curry and Thompson, but for now, interesting. Interesting in San Francisco. 
Let's... Speaking of, you were talking about the Sixers before. Do you want to hop on theirs? Because they made – they traded with the Warriors, and they, they kind of dumped some people, and they did some questionable things. Yeah, we could talk about the Sixers. So, let's break. Yeah, like they said, Ennis for a second – they just dumped second-round picks. Mm-hmm. And then they got one for – they got one for sending James Ennis back from the – and they got it from the Magic. And it's – I don't get it. Do you – what do you think about this? I don't – know if they were exactly filling the needs that they have. I, I I get that they want some more perimeter scoring. They got Burks. They got Glenn Robinson. And Burks is actually having a pretty solid year. He's He was probably one of the better players to Warriors this year. Yeah, but that's a I think that's a good player or an okay player on a bad team kind of MCW type vibe. Probably. Um, It honestly doesn't really change my opinion of the Sixers that much. I would have liked them to be more active in the point guard market, which – and I, I guess there wasn't that many point guards available around the deadline. Yeah. We saw Derek Rose didn't move, and I think he Sad. could have helped a lot of teams. I honestly think he could have helped Philadelphia. But I wonder if Derek Rose – I mean, I I assume not, but do you think the Pistons are at some point just going to say, what, whatever, just let's, let's clear this, let's clear, clear the waiver? <clears throat> They're just gonna let him hoop for a year, I think. At this point, all right, fine. <laughs> um, did you like what Philly did? You, you're you're the Philly advocate on this pod. I am. Um, honestly, I don't. I'm not even sure what like what the point was because I get the whole thing where you want to just bulk up your second unit, your lineup, and your depth, but these guys don't really fit exactly what they need. You needed instead of like two guys for the price of one guy and like a bunch of second rounders, you should have gotten one guy more significance than just these two kind of one's a very good three point shooter. The other one's a good, like offensive creator. And it's like, eh, I mean, if they kept James Ennis and they did all these other picks, that would be like, okay, they have a pretty good arsenal of like wings to pick from pick and choose when they need like spot minutes from three point shooter, or a creator or like a playmaker, you know? Yeah. But Getting rid of Ennis and then just having these two guys, it's like, eh, it's okay. It's, it's not going to push the needle. Yeah. The Sixers it's are not f- sexy. It's not. The Sixers are flattering a little bit right now. I think they're just looking for answers. They're struggling offensively. The perimeter is very hit or miss. Josh Richardson is also hurt right now, which is really, yeah. really big for them. I think they're just looking for answers. Maybe if one of these guys hits and can be a playoff guy, then that would be productive. There's a chance that none of them hit. But James Money Ennis... to the wall. Who do you have, Burks or Robinson hitting? Yeah, I go Burks. I'd probably roll with that as well. But I don't... It, I get, the Sixers come playoff time. They play like seven people. So I wouldn't be surprised True. if both these guys are getting DMPs. At the end of the day, the Sixers are going to have to figure things out with the the four players that they that they... Lean on five players actually. Although Horford's been, Horford's been kind of been out, he's here offensively. But he's riding for the rest of the year at least, for sure. Philly is Philly, very angsty team over there. Yeah, they're they're young. They got to be angsty. We'll see. We'll see what happens in Philadelphia. Let's go to I think the second biggest trade. Well, the biggest in terms of volume of players, but I think in terms of. Impact. Impact, probably the second biggest. And that's the four-team deal. That saw Capella go to the, the Hawks. Capella Ho- and Nene. Yeah, so it was in Wave, though. 
Oh, yes. And then I'll just break the trade down. Hawks get Clint Capella. Nuggets get Shabazz Napier. Keita Bates-Diop. Noah Vonley. A first-round pick from the Rockets, which should be. I'm surprised they should even do that. Yeah. Rockets get Jordan Bell. Covington, a second-round pick. T-Wolves get Malik Beasley. Evan Turner still hopping around. Juancho Hernan Gomez, not Willie. Jared Vanderbilt, who some people actually like. Some people and are surprisingly. Minnesota also got a first round pick, which would which will be the Nets pick this year. Yep. So, Phil, you like what happened here? You don't like what happened here? You like what the Rockets are doing? You don't? I think in bits and pieces, this was all in all like different. It wasn't what I expected from any of the four teams. It was like, okay, I thought the Hawks were going to get someone like of the Steven Adams or the Drummond for some reason they wanted him, but I thought they were going to scoop up Steven Adams at the end. Cause I think Steven Adams is a more, is a better player than Clint Capella. And he just matches what they kind of needed more as like a tough interior anchor, as opposed to Capella is great at doing that, but he's just, doesn't have the muscle and the strength to just clear space out. You mm-hmm. know, the nuggets, I don't know why they just swapped some of their better depth for more, Average depth, you know what I mean. I think they wanted that that pick. I guess they're trying to stockpile some picks. I guess. Yeah, and I thought I I I don't know if I like it or not, but I think from Denver's standpoint, they saw the Malik Beasley minutes drying up. They are relying on Monte Morris a little bit recently. They have Tory Craig, who they like yeah. as kind of that small ball three, and then they're also I think trying to work in. Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, who is a perimeter player, and they're yeah. gonna they're gonna put him at you know the, the three spot where he's shooting threes and doing those kind of things. So I just thought, you know, they're like, why not just see what we can get? Although Lee Lee's a good player. I mean, he went off yeah. last night. Yeah, no, a I get that. Shocking win for the T Wolves against the Clippers. Yeah, no, I get that Malik Beasley. Like realistically, his contract's up this season. He's probably going somewhere. You don't want to get nothing for him, but out of like the crop you're getting for what you gave. Juancho played some minutes, at least in the beginning of the season. Like I've seen that he contributed, you know, he played solid forward minutes, and Malik Beasley was actually impactful. And to trade those two guys for a litany of like developing Keita Bates Diop, Noah Vonley, maybe as that Juancho Hernan Gomez um, swap out? I don't know. But yeah, I just wasn't what was on my mind. If, if you told me that was going to happen, it would, maybe, probably not. Yeah. Do you like. What Rockets are doing? Do you like where? Oh uh, yeah. Where do you think their heads at? Like, well, why do you? Well, I do, so they're not going to be playing anybody above six seven. It looks like or six six. Yep. So well, they got rid of Jordan Bell already, didn't they? Did they get rid of Jordan Bell already? I think so. I think they they trade they got him, and I was like, okay, at least they're running with like a small ball lineup of Jordan Bell, and then like a few minutes later, they're like, ah, oh, they traded yeah, Jordan, Jordan Bell. Yeah, yeah. That is uh Jordan Bell is, is on the Memphis Grizzlies now. Okay. All right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So they have. PJ Tucker is that boy. Do you think Covington is going to be worth it? I don't know. I don't think it's – to be honest, I don't think of it as Covington right now. I think of it as the idea of what the Rockets are trying to do. Covington's just another okay. cog in the part where it's like these straight up, all these guys are like 6'5", except for Westbrook who's like 6'3". And PJ Tucker is like 6'6". All of these are just switchable – like strong athletic people like guys and mm-hmm. i mean theoretically it's exciting and it's something different it might be hard to watch but i mean 
statistically it could be a good thing to do. The only problem is like the NBA's like starting to come back to like big man dominated situations where like Cat, Anthony Davis, even JaVale McGee's a center with Anthony Davis as a power forward. Like that's kind of coming back into relevancy. So like if they did this twenty sixteen into twenty seventeen, they would have been like, ooh, wow, they're they're for real. But I think it's kind of the bell curve is coming back to the to the average, you know. Yeah, this shows me that the Rockets are going to try to do things their way, and if it doesn't work, they're just going to go down with the ship because. I think they just want to have the best five basketball players that they possibly can. I think that's what Darren Morey is mm-hmm. thinking. They started to go away from Capella. They He was hurt for a while, I right? think he was hurt. But I think the, the acquisition of Westbrook, it kind of changed the way that Houston looked at their lineups because you have Westbrook, who is playing really well recently, but not shooting threes, kind of just playing isolation ball, taking a good amount of mid-range jumpers, actually making them in a higher clip than he usually does, driving a lot. He's taking a lot of pressure off of Harden. But he, he's – I don't know if Daryl Morey wants two players in the court that's not that aren't shooting threes. I think he's capping it at one. <laughs> so when you have Westbrook and Capella, the paint's a little clogged. So when Harden's not doing his thing, Westbrook likes to post. Westbrook likes to pull up. And Capella's not really of any use there. Capella's really only useful for them on offense when it comes to the offensive boards or doing screen and roll diving. And right. Westbrook's not really a pick and roll player, honestly. Yeah, I don't get He's, why they don't use that. I mean, they can't now, but... I think they're just going to have every single player on the perimeter. Harden and Westbrook are going to take turns going one-on-one. And... It's just going to be drive, kick, drive, kick, drive, kick, isolation, drive, kick some more, some isolation, some more, hard and step back three, and that's going to be the offense. Yeah. And to think they're going to, they could have gotten Dwayne Denman at the deadline because he, he got pushed around. He's back on the Hawks. And what'd they even give up for him? Um, they gave up Alex Len and Jabari Parker. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a decent haul, but I mean, the Kings want to get rid of him regardless. Yeah, if the, if the yeah, Rockets can call De- early enough. And Dwayne Dedman can actually shoot threes. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, the thought that they didn't even put into, like, into their thought process, like, we can get, we can do this five-out thing, but we can stay within the confines of an actual, like, normal NBA-run offense or defense with Dwayne Dedman at the center, they just were like, no, we're fine. Just keep going. Yeah. Covington's been spoken about for a while now. I feel like every year people think Covington is this kind of missing piece. It's getting it's getting a little much with the Covington talk. You don't like honestly. Covington? I like him, but it's just I don't know. This this guy has one relevant playoff series in his life. I think he's a and pretty he, impactful he pretty, and he, guy. And he pretty much had to get benched. No, he's good, but it's just uh, uh, no, he well, first of all, his defense is more on a on a team base. He's, yeah, no, he is a team defender. Yeah, his his one on one defense isn't. It's good, but it's not. It's 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 not elite. Yeah. It's not like he's he's, he's not outdoor. What snatch team is he? I think he's uh he's. I'll take that. Snatch he team. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Right. But he, he he's no prime equal dollar or anything. He's a guy who his three point shooting is going to be helpful for them. Mm-hmm. 
But I think Houston just kind of really wanted him for a while. They thought that he was a good player for what they're trying to do. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see with the Rockets. I don't want to. They're they're gonna do things their way. I think that there's certain teams they can match up decently with. It'll be interesting to see if they right now the way the standings are, they'd have a first round matchup with Utah and Gobbert. Yeah, if uh, if Rudy if Rudy can terrorize them on the boards, I think that'll be pretty telling of the ceiling of this kind of lineup. But maybe they won't. It'll be and maybe interesting. They'll for- and maybe they'll force Rudy out to the perimeter because he's going to have to stay home on those that's shooters. That's what I'm thinking. And the Mills can get cleared up. That's that's the flip side. So we will see. I think, I think realistically in the long term, like we saw with the Lakers, and I think people are overhyping it right now because they're like, oh, they really they beat the Lakers and it wasn't too bad. That wasn't uh, an ugly game. They really like they did it well. They had a plan and they executed and they won. It's like ah, I feel like it's kind of like yeah. a culture. They're like, actually playing. They're playing Utah tonight actually. So that'll oh, be interesting. Well, have to tune in. Anyway, I think yeah. it's really just like a whiplash effect because, like, realistically, Lakers were game planning this way, and now they're just this new thing where they have to kind of react, you know, just reactionary kind of instinct of like how to do this, how to run it, and what to do. Because yeah. we saw a lot of like, I mean, obviously LeBron was getting, he was getting stopped by like PJ like pretty well, and like Anthony Davis was getting through him easily, but there were only the only real reason why they were lapsing was like. Kyle Kuzma or Danny Green wasn't staying on their man in the three. And they were like, I would see like Kuzma like sprinting in to help AD with like Russ Westbrook trying to post him up. I'm like, all right. I mean, it's, it's just kind of like a first like first hitch reaction. And then once you kind of get used to it and you watch the game tape, you'll be fine and you'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. When playoffs will be, you'll be hunkering in on that game, game tape. Yep. We'll see how this all develops. Speaking of Iguodala, what's up? Speaking of Iguodala, I was just about to go there. Just about to go <laughs> there. Go I was just about to go there. You read my, you read my mind. But yeah, I think that is. There's obviously other trades that are interesting to monitor, but I think this is actually well. There is one other besides this, but it's what a, Nuggets getting Jordan McRae or the Knicks? Knicks. Oh, but okay. We'll, we'll do. We'll do that after this. So Iguodala. Everybody's been saying all year, "What's going on with Iguodala? What's going on with Iguodala?" It finally happened. Three-team trade with the Grizzlies and the T-Wolves. Grizzlies get Dion Waiter's terrible contract. Justice Winslow. I think they're going to buy him out, I Pretty heard. surprising. Yeah, most likely. But nonetheless, Gorgie Jang, he got Iguodala and Jay Crowder. And Solomon Hill. And, so- and Solomon Hill. And the T-Wolves get James Johnson's terrible contract. So he get rid of two terrible contracts, do give up an asset in Winslow, but get two guys. They and, get three guys, Solomon. honestly. Yeah. I think yeah, those are three. Honestly, when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's a that's a pretty good setup because they've got three. They've got what I thought the Sixers were going to have, but these are better players. Just three very mm-hmm. good switchy wings that you can plug and play in different spots because they really fill each other's um, – I don't want to say fill each other's holes, you know what I mean, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> so initially – I, I didn't know what to think. First of all, Iguodala did get a two-year. He 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 got extended right. He got away. the bag. He has a two-year, and I think that's because he didn't even really want to go to the Heat. He's been he's been it's been pretty clear all year that he wants to go to LA, whereas the Clippers, the Lakers, mm-hmm. clearly that deal could not develop, and he's in Miami. And I think he just had a lot of leverage here 
And it was like, listen, I'm not – because Iguodala clearly wasn't dying to play basketball. He was yeah. pretty okay with sitting out half the season. Hanging with his family, was, selling his yeah. book. He was, Playing he was golf. having a good good year for he, him. Yeah, he probably would have sat out the rest of the season too. But once the Heat laid out that they would extend him, two years, $30 million, Team option the second. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think yeah, that if they don't get Giannis, I think, it's like they got him. Yeah, I think that was all put to rest, and Udall's number with Miami Heat. At first, I didn't know if it was really worth it. I didn't know if this would be enough of a game changer that it was worth giving up on Justice Winslow so soon. Yeah, I, for one, am a Justice Winslow fan, so maybe I'm biased. But yeah, I'm not a big fan a young, like you. He's but a young player. I like him. Yeah. He, he's always hurt, which is the issue. That's that's but, more of like a very a recent thing. His rookie yeah. year, he was... Rookie year was hurt, and then second and third year he was all right, and now this year he's going back on the injury bug. But he's a really young player who I think is a lot of has a really a lot of NBA type qualities yeah. that could help him in the future. He's only twenty three. I thought it was a little early to give up on him for a thirty six year old Iguodala, but I understand where they're coming from. They're really swinging they, for the fences this year. I just I. I and they and they got rid of two terrible contracts, which is always yeah, nice. yeah no, that's a they got rid of two really yeah they get that's honestly what I think is more so why I like it more than I used to. They get rid of James Johnson, who was really bad contract, and Deion Waiters, really bad contract. I just would have liked it if the Heat could swing for one more guy. There was talks about Danilo Gallinari. That was already said and, and done pretty much, but he just didn't want to sign an extension. Yeah, something wasn't going down with the with the contract talks. You know, you know, there's other guys that think they really could have made some more advanced moves for, mm-hmm. maybe like a Drew Holiday, who there was less noise than I thought there would be about. I think they kind of closed off those negotiations because at that point they were like, we kind of want to ride with the ship and see what happens. Because Holiday's yeah, locked that, up and they're like, we got a good player, we got Zion, and we got a solid crew. Give them a year or two to develop together and like they might be good. So I think that's where their heads were at. That could be the case. I just don't know if they got better enough and I know that the getting rid of the bad contracts is good but I don't know something about giving up on Winslow so early it doesn't right. give me the best feeling in my stomach what do you think I think Pat Riley really sees a vision and he's like I really think this is possible this year because you're giving up on a kind of a young version of Iguodala himself really for this older mm-hmm. more tested veteran that's going to contribute right now this season and next. And you got two guys yeah. that are under good contracts that are going to – well, Solomon Hill's not a good contract, but Jay Crowder, you know. He's a budget baller. <clears throat> he will – I mean, they're going to be good right now, and they're going to be able to help you just with glue-type, glue-guy type kind of things. And I think the Heat really think, like, we're going to pop off in the East, and I think it's possible. Do you think Miami has what it takes to win the East? I think it's possible. And do you, and do you think this made a big difference? I think this, yeah, because Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, James Johnson, think about it like that. You you out, just think about it today, right now, how good each three of those players are, the Heat sent out, and how good the Heat just got in, how good those players are the Heat just got. What would you say is the better move? Well, yeah. No, that's just, probably, what, that's just probably, what I mean, because I think they're trying to just go for it now. I get it. I get it. I just, well, I just don't know how productive these guys are going to be. Iguodala's taking a half a year off. 
he's he's a great he's a got a great basketball IQ. He'd be so very rested. And you know he's not that's off. True. He's been grinding. He did the same thing LeBron did last uh, season during the playoffs. He was just grinding. All right. Then. Okay, fair enough. It will be interesting to see what his role is. Yeah. Along with Jay Crowder. And I like what Memphis did too, though. No, yeah. With, Memphis. Uh, just, just stacking up another asset to pair with. Memphis is doing all the things the Knicks just won't. We'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. I, guess, I suppose so. Um <laughs> Let's hop, let's. I want to hop right into that. With the Knicks Wonderful. Did, did you hear that they Which, just could have gotten Kuzma, Danny Green, but they said no. We want Kuzma, Danny Green, and a second round pick. And they were like, "That's it. Draw the line." I didn't hear that. I was. Also, who did I want? Then I don't. I don't even. I don't even believe that though. That's what I read. That's what I heard online from like a Lakers source. So I don't know if I believe for it, just but... Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris, and I think it was like Trier or something. I don't buy that. Well, that's just what I've heard on the grapevine. Um, let's talk about the Knicks trade. So, kind of one of the more obvious trades. It ended up being a three-team deal, although yeah, we kind of just know the the nuts and bolts about it. Clippers get Isaiah Thomas, who they sadly waived. Poor Isaiah. Very sad. And Marcus Morris. Knicks get Mo Harkless. Isof Sanon. Yeah, Isu Sanon. Don't know who that is, to be quite honest he, with you. Yeah, he hasn't made it over seas yet. Okay. He hasn't made it over those seas. <laughs> they get a first-round pick, which, hey, I'm down for first-round pick. It's, like it's, a, a, it's from the Clippers. It's like a 28th so. or 27th. Hey, I'll take it. Um, protected first-round pick swap with the Clippers, which probably is nothing. Yeah, that's why. I, why would they do that? something ridiculous. Hey, I don't even know what the point of that is, but... And then a 2021 second round pick that was from the Pistons. So, so that would be good, something. actually. And Wizards get Jerome Robinson. Can't hate it. I wish the Knicks this... got Jerome Robinson, though. Because, I mean, yeah, I'd rather have – yeah, I was big on him. I was like, okay, you keep Isaac Sunan and, you know what, we'll roll with <laughs> Jerome Robinson. Or give – I'd rather yeah. give up the second round pick to the uh, – maybe I wouldn't. Robinson's interesting, but he does not play well. But, you know, I'm still getting over. I'm a little hurt. Well, I think that all, out of all the deals, this is probably the one that is going to have the most win-now ramifications for this season. Marcus Morris is playing lights out this year. Yeah. You know, we've both watched him plenty as he's built the next. He's been by far the next best player. Mm-hmm. He's shooting threes like he never has before. and well, Some would say almost uncharacteristically high. Yeah, but you probably. Know, it's, obviously, if he's done it once, he'll keep doing it forever. Yep, <laughs> probably shooting above forty three percent from the three point line, taking six a game, just pretty crazy numbers. Marcus Morris yeah. averaging just under twenty a game. Also, another guy that they can just throw in as like a stretch four kind of guy, who can bang with LeBron, switch on to AD, and not get completely dominated. So, really good move for the Clippers, and I think helps their team a lot. What, what do you think about this trade? Yeah, I, I mean. It's it sounded like such high in the pie kind of originally because it was like Knicks are getting Landry Shamit, uh, maybe no, there's maybe not, Mar- they weren't getting Shamit. No, like the first thing I heard like in, on Twitter like a few days before yeah, was yeah, like yeah. Shamit, Trez Harrell, and like a second round pick. So like the oh, salary works. I was like, holy shit! Yeah, like, Knicks fans have to off? chill with the Marcus Morris talk. I've heard I've I've seen so much like oh we should have gotten more like we got heisted. Bro, it's Marcus Morris. Like, this is the first time in his yeah. career he's played like this. Yeah, we're this. not getting anything for him. <laughs> I'll take a first-round pick. Like, I don't care. I'm fine with the first-round yeah. pick. He's... Plus, now we get Mo Harkless, who sadly probably will never 
really get consistent minutes or like significant minutes. I'd say you should give him a shot. He's like he's three years younger than Marcus Morris. Clearly not as good as a player, but yeah. How old is he? Twenty seven or twenty six? Yeah, he's twenty seven right now. Yeah, he's he he was talked about going to the Knicks a long time ago because they were like he's a New York boy just coming back, come back to his roots. <laughs> and now yeah. he's here, but I don't know if he'll get the buy. But you know, listen, if you sign Marcus Morris in a great contract and turn into a first round pick. Is what it is. That was a smart can't, move. Can't, it was shockingly yeah. smart. But they didn't. Can't hate it. Yeah, but you got to hate what they didn't do because they, they still have Alfred Payton. They still have. I mean, I like keeping Taj Gibson. They still have Portis. If you just got rid of Portis for a bag of chips like you did with Drummond, I would have done the same yeah. thing. I, yeah, they could have. The Cavs would have done the same done thing. The Cavs would have taken Portis and given the same haul back instead of you taking think? Drummond. Uh, maybe a little less, but we still got a second round pick, is what I'm saying. They could have. Yeah, they probably could have found a, a home for Portis. But they were too caught up. Trying to get Marcus Morris off the roster. Well, let's let's just talk about the Clippers for a second because unfortunately that is the relevant team in this conversation. They get Marcus Morris. No Wizards, and left? I think eh, Wizards are not that. Jerome good. Robinson I'll, I'll, better have a have a <clears throat> have his freaking revenge I tour. Feel, I just feel bad for my boy Isaiah. Yeah, that poor guy. Where is he gonna go? Because I thought I like, know. oh, if he's on the Wizards, like, or not, if he's on the Clippers, like, okay, he might get a chip. Like, he might be able to contribute, maybe a la Jeremy Lin last year. But no, he's gone. He's gone. Sad. But one of the most important things about this trade is the Clippers kept Marcus Morris away from the Lakers, who I think needed him. We're not saying needed because Lakers are still a great team. They're going to be there at the end. Yeah. But I think could have you had more of a need for him, right? Than the Clippers do because the Clippers already have such crazy depth with guys that go unrecognized, like Jermichael Green. I was thinking Montrezl Harrell just being the hybrid that he is. I was thinking more just like starting five, starting five, because you're going to have Marcus Morris in maybe LeBron at the, the point or the two. Like your, your end of the, the game lineup, you're going to have Paul George, Kawhi, Pat Beverly, Montrez, and I don't know who else. Lou Will, probably. Anyway, like who's guarding Kawhi, who's guarding PG? Right now it's going to be like Danny Green or Kuzma. Realistically, Danny Green. If you had Morris to plug in there, that would have been a yeah, better, for sure. better fix. Yeah, definitely just one more guy. And the Lakers, it seems, just based on the couple times they've played, they don't want LeBron exerting himself too much on defense. He's been playing all year that kind of free safety roaming role, which is fine. I'm not hating on yeah. it. He's doing a really good job in that position. But listen, we, we've seen the games. At some point, somebody's got to step up and try to stop Kawhi from getting buckets because that guy is as skilled of an offensive player as we have right now. Yeah. And no doubt. right now, I think they're lacking bodies to throw at Kawhi Leonard because Contez Paul, Paul, he's a good defender, but he's just a little small. Same with David Bradley, good defender, but more so geared towards point guards. Yeah. Kyle Kuzma, not there not yet. Not a defensive fella. So Marcus Moore is a guy to rough him up, a guy to bang. Oh, would have been he'll really bang. Nice to, oh, he'll ba- he's, he's a He's a big he, He's another man to just fill that hole with. For sure, for sure. <laughs> From the wise words. <laughs> but Lakers could have definitely used him, and Clippers kept him away. With the LA Clippers, big-time three-point threat as well. I think it was, it was a Clippers, big one for them. All right, can I ask you – all right, I'm going to ask you one question with two parts. Who in the East rose the most? Who in the West rose the most or fell the most, most, most impactful mm-hmm. rise or fall mm-hmm. from each side? 
In the East, I guess the team that got the best asset would be the Hawks. Because I know you don't love it, but I think that it is just nice to have somebody with Trey Young that can be a threat and can get some offensive rebounds and handle some of the some of the the grit and grind that goes with an NBA game that Trey Young struggles to handle because of his slight frame. Kind of an enforcer type of guy. And he does match the timeline. Hawks have mm-hmm. money to spend. They said, why not throw at this young center who can um, give our star point guard some help. So, you think the Hawks are going to clip off a few uh, winning streaks? No. Maybe get a little playoff, baby? No, they're still bad. <laughs> oh, don't get it twisted. <laughs> but I, I, I just like the idea of let's make life for our star young player easier. I like, you know, I like the idea well, of that. Do you th- uh, stemming off of that, you probably heard all the time that there was someone was telling Trey Burke or not Trey Burke, Trey Young, um, that they was like, "Don't worry, we're gonna get you help, bro." <laughs> do you think? Do you think this is what he th- had in mind? Uh, it's a good start. Listen, Trey Young, Trey Young looks like he's having fun out there. All right, fair enough. The, the winning, the losing doesn't get to you until like year four. So I don't know. Some people are temperamental. That's true. But in terms of the West, I think it's the Clippers. They're the biggest win now. Trade to Lamar yeah. for me. I think he's a perfect fit for their team. And again, he keeps Marcus Morris away from the Lakers. They have the best depth in the NBA. It's just going to, I think most of us think it's going to be Clippers and Lakers at the end of the season, that Western Conference Finals, which is going to be an yep. amazing series. Very excited yes, for it. And at this point, the Lakers are going to, they're going to be relying on a few things. We're relying can our role players to three point shots. That means Kuzma. Can he come out? Can he come off the bench and hit three point shots? Can Avery Bradley continue to do? Because he's having a really good season. Can Avery Bradley hit shots for you us? You were not a fan of Avery Bradley in the beginning. I was. I was riding that wave. Yeah, good for you. I put my boogie board down. And I said, "Take me, Avery." And it's also, I think we just know what LeBron's gonna give you. It's gonna be can they have Anthony Davis take advantage of things down low? Because that is the. And not only are there, there are other um, bigs as well. Dwight Howard, JaVale, can they come in and punish them down low and just make life difficult? Because the Clippers have, I think, overall more talented and um, deep roster. But the Lakers do have some advantages they can exploit. So, yeah, we'll see. A lot of big, but big fellas. Mm-hmm. But I think the Clippers were the biggest winner in the West for me. Right. Yeah. So, busy trade deadline season. And yes, now it's the home stretch. We got All Star Weekend. That's playoffs, and I am excited, Phil. Oh yes, uh, I'm excited for the next coming month. I'd say because we know things start to lull. They do lull a little now. bit. Hopefully, we get some but nice races at the end. Some like some some close. Like the the, the, the bottom of the West is. I mean, it's getting interesting. Things p- players are getting a little testy. Dane Lillard's like, yo, I might not like this. This is this is just getting real now. I don't know if I'll make it. The yeah. The do you East... think Dame Lillard's going to – do you think his loyalty wavers? I don't think so. I don't think so. But, I mean, do you think the Blazers try to switch some things around? I I don't – I think this is, this is their core. Maybe they can – I don't – they don't really have a lot of assets. I don't – That's they, what I'm they're not, like, they're not, I don't see them moving CJ, and I don't see them moving Narkic, and they're definitely moving Dame, so. Right. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Pod. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. Oh, thank you. And as always, if you like our content, follow us on Twitter at Hoop Scoop Pod. Hit that like and subscribe. Smash that like button. 
And you can listen to our podcast on all platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Anchor app. And as always, thank you for listening to another Scoop of the Hoop.